0: This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author. Every week we talk about writing and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write, it's also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. That is true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, premier free writing magazine on the Internet, featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres got my new interview up on author with jason reynolds he had been one of the keynote speakers at a conference the pwa conference but he's a wonderful guy interesting guy ya novelist poet just very interesting honest open happy little spirit that he is and uh i highly recommend it's great conversation that's on author magazine we've got great articles Up there, also got some brand new ones coming up tonight, I believe. We hope to have those posted tonight. Check it all out at authormagazine.org, and we are funded by the people at the Pacific Northwest Writers Association. They've been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955, and they just put on their first virtual writers' conference, and by all accounts, it went great. Uh, You know, I was involved with it some. Had some conversations with Laura Munson and Britt Bennett and – Well, if you were part of it, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Uh, My hat goes off to these people. It was tough. We are an analog uh, organization, but, you know, times change, and so did we. And um, it just came out. It went off great by all accounts. So uh, congratulations to all you people responsible for putting that up, and I hope for those of you who attended, you had a good time. I hope you got to pitch your manuscript, if that's the sort of thing you were doing. I hope you learned some stuff. Hope you had a good time. Hope you were inspired and informed. I do, I do. And we'll be doing it again next year. You know, in fact, I think uh, like a lot of conferences, they'll be both in person, assuming this ridiculousness has finally left us, uh, both in person and virtual. I think the virtual thing is here to stay. Yes, it is. Well, uh, hey, we got a good one here today. We got Joseph Reed, suspense novelist. Yes, indeed he is. But he's also, Joseph is also a patent attorney and the author of a popular series about Air Marshal Seth walker his most recent book is departed in which walker is called to investigate the disappearance of an electrical engineer from one of america's premier tech companies who disappears inside the san francisco international airport before an overseas flight and joseph is here with us right now joe how are you doing i'm doing great bill thanks so much for having me well it's good to have you it's good to have you uh you know we were chatting beforehand you said you've you're able to return to your law office, and so life is sort of creeping back out of the shadows down there in San Diego. Is are things <laughs> sort of normal-ish? What's it like for you?
1: Uh, normal-ish is probably is probably a good way to say it. I'm I'm still yeah. mostly at home. We've got yeah. our our office available to us if we need it, and so for things like this where I know. I know I want to make sure that my connection's stable and I want some peace right. and quiet. I get to come in a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, still, still mostly at home.
0: Well, I appreciate you seeing this conversation as worthy of a trip to your office. Or maybe, maybe, maybe you were like, thank God, a reason for me to leave my house. I think I'm going to jump <laughs> on this. Was it a little bit of A and B?
1: Uh, I'm going to give the politically correct answer and say it was completely <laughs> A. It <laughs> was not at all answer. Big.
0: Well, all right. So we're, I, I, I want to get to Departed and the Seth Walker series. But, um, you know, uh, you've this you've, you've published three books over three years and uh, you're not 22. So uh, <laughs> was a lawyer. You know, here's the interesting thing. The lawyer writer is a very common combination um i said that i sure. could have a magazine dedic where the only interviews i do are with novelists who are lawyers or, or who were lawyers and there would be no shortage of people for me to talk to so um was law was that something you were always interested in or was it just you were an a student you're like what can i do with this mind of mine no this this is all this is all completely off script
1: um oh really mine- Both my current careers. Yeah. So, so I grew up always wanting to be a research scientist. I was going to be a a research marine biologist and chase sharks around. And that's, that's what I studied to do. I got an undergraduate degree in biology. Uh, I started my PhD in marine biology. Uh, And then, uh, you know, I, I discovered uh, about the first year of my graduate work that there just weren't any jobs. There weren't any jobs in science, and I was I was really kind of frankly worried about putting food on the table and stuff like that. So, oh boy. you know, going oh boy. to law school was one of those things that I always joked around, you know, well, if it all goes to hell, I'll go to law school. Um, and so, you know, the timing was there. So so I went to law school, and, and I used my, my technical background, yeah, to become a, a patent lawyer and a patent litigator. Right. And right. I've
0: done that for the last 20 years. And then uh, about 15 years ago, I started writing. So, all right. Well, so first of all, you know, this is always interesting to me because the law and science or biology are seem very different. Although I suspect <laughs> there's some kind of like intellectual overlap that occurs there where there's a kind of, I don't know, is there, is there any overlap? <laughs> I'm, trying, oh, I'm yeah. preaching here. Is there some? No, absolutely. Aside from the science mean, uh... necessary to be a patent attorney.
1: Yeah, yeah, the
0: that that's kind of how it goes. the
1: The science was necessary to do the kind of law that I do. Right, um, right. And, and I think science and law are similar in that they're both they're both sort of regimented. They're both sort of organized. Everything is about thinking logically and sort of right. you know thinking in right. lists and groups and things like that and so those two things you know dovetailed very well for me and, and made the transition from from science over to law much easier um and right. then you know the you talked about the the number of lawyers who become writers i mean that there is there is a decent amount of overlap there too i, yeah. I do a ton yeah, of writing yeah. in my day job and and the litigation i do i think is a lot uh has a lot of similarities to fiction writing it's just kind of the reverse process.
0: The reverse process. Interesting. Well, of course, yeah. litigation is storytelling, isn't it, essentially? It is. And, and what you're doing is,
1: you know, over the course of a case, you're going out and you're gathering all this evidence. You're, you're taking right. a witness's deposition or you're getting some documents. And you're pulling out all these little nuggets, and then you build them into this mosaic at the end. And you tell the jury or the judge a story about what happened. Uh, you know, the fiction writing is the exact opposite process. I get to start with what the picture looks like, and then right. I get to take a hammer and smash it, and take all the uh, little pieces and then yeah. scatter them through the book,
0: and and know how the main character is going to assemble them. Oh, so you're talking about the mystery, sort of like I know the whole picture, but now I got. You're talking about the clues, the sort of right, right, yeah, okay, that's interesting. Exactly. Well, I should tell you, Joe, now. Uh, you may know this already, but suspense and mystery writers, they come at it all different ways. The first I was shocked yep. the first time I heard this, but I've heard it again where I was talking to a mystery writer and she said, oh, I don't know. I have a body. I have no idea who killed it. I just start writing and I'll find <laughs> out who killed it as I go along. Now, Pounce sounds like you are not one of those, but there's more of them out there than you would think. The fly yeah. by the seat of pants yeah. mystery writer.
1: I listened to your to your interview with Lee Goldberg. He's a good friend, and and I oh, agree okay. with Lee. I mean, I don't know how you could you could be one of those
0: pants <laughs> writers no.
1: where you just sit down and and start from scratch. I yeah. I have to have an outline. I have to kind yeah. of know where things are going, and and it's not completely rigid. It's not every beat of action before sure. I get started, but it's definitely the beginning and the end and a few dots in the middle.
0: Right. Well, I, you know, a lot of times when I'm teaching writing. Um, they'll say, should I outline? Shouldn't I outline? I always say to them, my students, there is no one answer to that, but you've got to know which you are because if you're an outliner, you better outline or it'll just be, you know, chaos for you. But if you're not an outliner, which like I was not, they become, it just ties you up in knots because you can't work from it. You've got to be free. You know, it's the only way. the mm-hmm. works. So you've got to know which you are. you got to know which you are. And of course I do think I got to believe suspense and mystery writers lean towards the outline they've got i just just seems like it'd be su- it's the rarer one that doesn't so perhaps you're not alone um you know i was thinking about i another thing i've taught and, and see if this makes sense to you when i'm teaching students about the power of showing and not telling you know the old that old and very sure. useful adage. um i would say think of yourself like a writer or like a lawyer in court and the reader like you're the jurists and you don't say to them, look at this guy. He's innocent. Believe me, I know innocent people and he's one of them. So I rest my case. Now you give them all this evidence and they make up their mind. And isn't that kind of like what we do is right is we offer evidence of this person's angry or this person's upset or this person's happy. We don't say they're happy, angry, upset, but we show them the evidence and let the reader make up their own mind like a jury would. Does that make sense? It, yeah, exactly. You know, there's, there's a lot of picking and choosing of
1: details to try and yeah. give circumstantial evidence, if you will, to put a legal term on it, about what's going on. Right? It's it's the umbrella is wet when the guy walks in, and you know right. it's been raining outside. Right.
0: So, right. Yeah. Well, and you have the. I always think that your job as a as someone who's telling a sort of plot driven suspense or mysterious has a mystery to it. That you're kind of a magician in a way, in that. You have to put the clues there so that people don't feel cheated at the end, right? I mean, everything had to be there at the when they come to the end, but you can't show it yep. in a way that they can telegraph it, yeah? Aren't you kind of trying to say, like, show them the clues without knowing they're looking at the clues? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you, you can't be like, here's a giant clue. Otherwise, right. yeah, it, right. it sort of
1: spoils it. Yep. yeah.
0: yeah. And, hey, do you watch movies and read books differently now that you've been telling these things where you say, oh, that's a clue. Oh, he just gave me a clue. He's trying not to show me a clue, but they just gave me a clue. Do you find yourself doing that more yeah. now than you used to?
1: A little bit. I was always the kind who was trying to race ahead of the mystery right, or, or right. Get, you know, figure out who did it. Um, you know, and find the clues and latch on to what was a red herring and what wasn't. And so I, I don't know that I – I think I, I'm much more focused on process now so that when I read a book, I'm, I'm much more interested in, in why the person chose you know, uh, a, a particular word or a particular style or something. Um, but, but in terms of plot, no, I was always the kind of person who was, oh, I'm going to beat you to the mystery. I'm going I'm right. to solve it myself. Even before you were writing novels. Oh, yeah. yeah no, I was See, a reader for for decades right. before I started writing. And that's, that's kind of what inspired it was, you know, after you've read and watched a certain amount of stuff, I think I think if you're a creative person, you get a little itch where you're like, I wonder if I could do that. I wonder if I could do it better. You know, I wonder if I could keep somebody guessing.
0: And so 15 years ago, when you, you said you started writing your, 15 years ago, you had not been somebody who was – writing stories as a boy and poems and like, it was just, it was like an adult decision. Like I'm thinking about this a lot. Let me give it a shot. Was that how it went?
1: A little bit. I mean, I did, I did some things like that when I was real little. I mean, I, I was the kind who, you know, like, wrote little stories and, and drew with my crayons and stuff. And it was like, right. you know, superheroes and, and stuff like that. Sure. But, but I was so focused on being a scientist that, that I never gave any of that stuff, any credence about like, Oh, this is something I want to do, or this is, this is a realistic career for me. Um, I I sort of had my path and my outline and I knew what I was doing. And, and then when I looked for law, you know, I'd done a ton of writing in science. Right.
0: And right. writing
1: was something I enjoyed and something I liked and something I thought I was good at. So when I when I, you know, made the list of, you know, what am I good at, what am I bad at, what career should I change to, you know, writing was definitely something that I saw in the law where I was like, "Oh, okay, I can do that." But right. but again, fiction was the kind of unrealistic thing that
0: oh, no. you know,
1: that's that's for people who are really talented. That's not that's not for me. Uh,
0: oh. Oh. Joe, you fell for that horrible story, but <laughs> but it didn't. It wasn't so much that you wouldn't let yourself start, um, and so were your first. Were, now, when you started, did you have zero expectations for where it was going? Was it just pure curiosity, or did you already have a little ambition?
1: Um, pure curiosity. I mean, I was going to do it purely as a hobby,
0: and it was like, let
1: right. me see if I can do this.
0: Right. That's good, boy. I'll tell you. If I could do everything that way, I would. But my uh, my little ambitious mind just won't permit it for whatever reason. Uh, that's good. So that's a very healthy way to start. And so you were did you take a couple classes or were you just just noodling around on your own? No, I was a complete idiot. and And so I was okay. I
1: was on vacation. My, my uh-huh. wife was pregnant with our first child. This was like our last big vacation before being parents. Right. And so I brought a bunch of books with me. This is back in the days when you used to have to stuff them in your suitcase, yeah. right? Yeah. And and so I'm, I'm reading through books on vacation like I normally do, and I start to wonder, like, oh, can I do this? And uh-huh. I came back, and I had this idea for a story, and, and the kinds of stories I really liked growing up – were you know the the sort of Tom Clancy, Michael Crichton right. techno thrillers. And so right. I had an idea for one of those, but it was this big sprawling eighteen time zone kinda wow. action oh, okay. piece. Right. And and I started to try and write it and I just banged my head against the desk for probably six months trying to figure yeah. out how I how I would actually do that. And yeah. that's when I got smarter about it, and I went to the library, and I found books about writing, and I, I, I figured out I wasn't good enough to write that book, basically. Not yet,
0: yet, yet. What, and so <laughs> what, what, were those books helpful? I will tell you the truth. I write books on writing. i got another one coming out. I have never read one, <laughs> although I hear they're good. So I, that's just how I am. I'm a total, like, I, don't tell me anything. I'll figure it out myself. Did you – were those books helpful?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think they, I think they are a lot like um, it's a lot like preparing for a deposition as a lawyer. You know, you need to prepare, you need to go in and do a bunch of research and figure out a bunch of stuff and have that as sort of foundational stuff in the background. And then when it comes to the actual questioning, you just kind of have to do it. And, and, and that's kind of the way those technique books felt, felt to me. I, it wasn't yeah. necessarily like I sat down and, and followed every exercise or anything, but it was it was a matter of plowing through a critical mass of them, so that I I kind of felt like I had a an understanding of the process better that then right. let me
0: do my thing. Right. You know, it's actually true. I I will tell my students like I'm going to tell you some stuff now, but you're not actually learning anything until you do it. Like the the all learning occurs in the experience teachers can kind of say, try this when you go to do it, but it's the doing it where you learn it. I mean, there's just no replacing right. putting words on the page. So, all right. So you're uh, all right. So you're, you're, doing it, you're learning, you're reading your books uh, and you're writing and you must be enjoying it though. Even if so, it's hard. You must be enjoying it that you are willing to go buy a book. There must be enough fun there that you're, that you want to like, you don't just say, Oh, screw it. I'm going to play the clarinet or something. So, right. So there must've been, you must've liked it on some level.
1: Yeah. No, I loved it. I mean, it was, it was the greatest thing ever. I mean, that oh, that was the okay. thing. It was, it, it became, it became very all encompassing. I mean, I, when I do a brief as a lawyer, I mean, I, I'm, I wordsmith it to death and, you know, right. I sweat every word and stuff. And, sure. and it's the same, it's the same kind of thing with the fiction works. It's, it's really getting inside it and, and puzzling it out. And, is every word exactly the one you want? And, and, you know, did you say this the right way? And is the reader going to stop here? And all that kind of stuff.
0: Now, do you remember the first time, and I hope this has happened. It must've the first time a character did something you didn't expect him or her to do.
1: Um, I mean, I know it's happened. I don't know that I can remember like the first time it happened, but yeah, it it happens. Yeah. They, they say stuff to you or they, they surprise you and do things or, uh, you know what happens to me a lot is I run into obstacles I wasn't expecting. Right. Um, like, like uh, a lot of my stuff happens in and around aviation, and yep. so I'm I'm in the scene and I'm doing something, and then you show up and there's like a bomb-sniffing dog, and you weren't right. expecting there to be a bomb-sniffing oh. dog there, oh. <laughs> and you're like, oh great, now I got to deal with that. <laughs> right. Um, so that that it's more like that
0: um, oh, interesting. than the characters
1: okay. doing surprising stuff right. to me.
0: Yeah. You know, writers get surprised. That's, and really the surprise to me is the fun. I write about my own life primarily, and I still get surprised. And it's the that surprise and discovery for me is where the fun and excitement is. You know, the,
1: mm-hmm. the
0: stuff you didn't like that. When it's something I didn't expect, I feel like I'm really tapped into the source of my creativity. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, sure.
0: Yeah. I, I also just love when, you know...
1: Uh, James Rollins I've seen him talking yeah. about he describes yeah. it as like when you start a book it's like a shiny penny and yeah. you're trying to describe it and you never quite get there um, yeah. to me that moment when you're like oh man that is as close to the shiny penny as I could get <laughs> that is like you know the the moment you just you know smile and and beam and and take it home with you
0: so Seth Walker so he's your he's your hero and yep. so you've published and were the, is the, was the first book in this series, was that your first published novel? Yes, Take Off, the first Seth Walker book, was my debut, yes. And so what was the difference for you when you wrote that book to the other efforts you were making? Um, it was my third book, so the
1: third book I wrote, mm-hmm. and really a couple of different things. Number one, um, I switched to first person. Mm. Oh, okay. And and I did that very deliberately because it was better for that particular story. Yeah. Uh, But that made it flow, I think, easier. And really, it just it, it flowed easier. It flowed better. I had gone out and very deliberately sought a bunch of criticism on the first two things I'd done. Okay. Like I was dumb enough to think like, oh, these are good. And and then they weren't getting anywhere. And so, right. you know, I went out and I, you know, I bid on like a charity critique from an agent or an editor and uh-huh. I'd get their notes back and I'd sort of pour over them. And so, so for example, I mean, one big comment was, you know, the very stereotypical, you know, you're starting way too early, right? Like drop the reader in, you know, with something exciting, Right, right. You're, you're waiting too long to get to the action. You're starting too and so late. Starting I heard that early.
0: Yeah, yeah, you were starting too early. Right, you're doing all this yeah scroll yeah work, what Hemingway called scroll work to get going. Right,
1: right, right. And so, so I, I very deliberately started take off with a gunfight. Like, like you're dropped into the middle of a gunfight. Right. So I was like, I'm never going to hear that criticism again.
0: Right. Right. So. So that was the, and so that was a big one was that was that. What other criticism did you receive that were helpful? Um, you know, they they mostly related
1: to pacing. It, it was pacing right. and and plot type things. Yeah. Um, you know, I worry insanely about the character elements. Uh-huh. I'm always I'm always really nervous that I'm not nailing character. Right. Um and, and I think oh plot is the plot is okay. And then right. you know the 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 editorial stuff really helps i think point out the things in the plot that make sense to me but don't make sense to anybody else yeah. or yeah. you know need some flushing out or something like that. Right.
0: Yeah, that's the weird thing about writing is we we know it all <laughs> and we can't tell it all or it'll be boring, but we got to tell enough that the reader can connect the two wires, right? We got, we have right. to give them just enough, and there's no, I, you know, that is something I will say as I've done this more and more. And I write like personal essay and memoir, and I've written a lot of it now, and I I feel like I have a much better sense of like how much I need to give for it to make sense. But that took a while to figure out. It's it's such a subtle thing. Yeah, you must go. No, it, it definitely is. Yeah. And so, well, so, okay, so then you published a book. So what the hell, what did you think of that? What was that like? That was three <laughs> years ago, two, three years ago. What What, what did you think of yeah, that? Yeah, Takeoff was, Takeoff was
1: 2018. It was, it was like the greatest thing ever. I mean, it was. Was it? Um, yeah, like, like Riley Sager told you, like, you, you know, it was an out of body experience. I, I yeah. totally knew what he meant when he said that, yeah. right? It's It's like watching it happen to somebody else. Like you see your name up there and you're like, it must be some other right. Joseph Reed because it surely right. isn't me.
0: Yeah, um, but but it you, was fantastic. It was great. Did, did you Did you go through the thing when you knew people were buying it that, that you thought like, did they realize it's just me who wrote this? It's like not someone, not someone real. It was just me. Like I just wrote that, not one of these other suspense writers. Or did you not have that kind of uh, fraud? What's it called? What's, a, oh, the Imposter shoot, a, Complex? Yeah, yes, no, I have a ton
1: imposter. of that. I have a ton
0: of that. It's, it's more
1: often with like editors and agents and stuff like that. I, you know, I go to a writer's conference or, you know, I go for a meeting with my publisher or something and I'm just, I'm astounded that they are talking to me. (laughs) Um, You know, that, that stuff just blows my mind.
0: Yeah. I know it takes getting used to. I always, it's tricky. You know, you think about it, like you got to get used to the fact that your books gonna be on the bookshelf and the bookshelf don't care. Bookshelf will let any book be on it. And the reader, you know, you could be next to your hero, depending if whatever their last name is. And it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. You you gotta get comfortable with that. It it, it took me a little little d- I think the first time I got a book published, because my name is Knauer, it showed up because of the it was on writing right next to Stephen King's book for whatever reason this little publish. Oh, like, you oh my god, that's amazing. It, right? Hey man, you know, yeah. you gotta be you gotta you gotta decide you belong there. Oh, my first thriller fest.
1: I went for, we had like a debut panel yeah. and there's a signing afterwards. And so I go to the signing room and I'm an R right. Like middle, middle way through the R's. And, you know, John Sanford was a huge influence on me. His rules of prey was a big book for me as I was getting started. And I walk into the room and like, yeah, I've got the table next to John Sanford. I'm like, are you kidding? Right, Right. And he comes in and it's like, it's like nine in the morning and he he just wants to have his bagel, right? Like he, he doesn't right, like course. know who I am. He doesn't care, right? right? He right. just wants breakfast and I'm, I'm you know, fanboying out. Like, yeah. oh my God, this is, yeah. you know, out of body experience.
0: Yeah, but it's, you know, you get used to it and and now you're three books in and how are you doing with it now? Are you starting to adjust to it? You're starting to get used to the fact that you're an author and people like you and you have readers and all this sort of stuff.
1: Um, I don't know that I've, that I've gotten used to it. I mean, you know, departure just came out. It it came out on August 11th and you know, it's my third book, but it really, it it still feels like I'm a complete rookie in all of this. You know, everybody I look around that, you know, I'm always just in awe of everybody else's skill and talent and stuff. And um, we, we were talking about Lee Goldberg at some point. I mean, he's, he's a good friend. He's got a million books. Right. Right. Um, right. You know, I have other writer friends who, you know, they're on book 14 or book 15. And it's just like, Oh my God. Like I'm, I've done three, but that, that feels like a drop in the bucket. It feels like nothing. Right.
0: Well, you know what? (sighs) But this is the truth about writing. I think is that you wouldn't, you know, the money is nice sometimes, hopefully. I mean, and the, experience of being read is nice but i think in the end it's the experience of sort of going down that rabbit hole and getting lost in the world you're writing about and what where you have to go to write to me is still the great um immediate gratification the writing itself i don't say that Mm -hmm. just because it's politically correct um (laughs) <laughs> if that really remains like, if, if that isn't fun, I won't do it anymore. If that stops being fun, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, it, it is it is so bizarre because
1: it is simultaneously really painful and <laughs> right? really, really rewarding. I mean, That's right. The, the, the closest analogy, I I have a friend who who runs marathons, and mm-hmm. he runs at least one marathon a year, and I am like the Furthest thing from a runner that there is, and and he jokes that he's like I can stop running anytime I want, and (laughs) he says that to everybody, and you know he's lying because he doesn't run on a given day. He is the grumpiest, yeah, you know, unhappiest person. And and the second he gets done with the marathon, he's thinking about the next one, and and that is exactly the way I feel with the book. I mean, it, it is such a marathon. It's it's it torturous is. sometimes, and you never yeah. know if you're going to finish or, or what. Yeah. And then you get to the end, and you're like,
0: oh, my God, I can't wait to do it again. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's true. All right, so here's my question. I got two more questions for you. My first one is, okay. all right, obviously, you've been doing law for 20 years. That's a very nice, solid, stable career. You can raise a family on it, blah, blah, blah. All that's nice. <laughs> but if these books took off, would you say, see you later, law? I'm good with the writing. Or will you never? Will you all? Would you? Under no circumstances would you make that break? Oh, I would never say never. Um, Right. right? I mean,
1: you know, it's if the John Grisham, James Patterson money comes in, you know, who knows? Does it have to be
0: that good? Does it have to be that good?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, no. Who knows? I mean, it's it's fantastic to be here. I, I never anticipated, you know, any of this. Right. and so you know i'm trying to in some ways you know really sort of live in the moment and and enjoy enjoy each book as it comes out and and enjoy this new career as it as it happens um and without sort of you know plotting it out
0: super super carefully cuz i don't know that you can i mean it it's, no.
1: it's a weird industry
0: that way i i'll tell you i have to i just i remind myself by telling my wife jen just forget my plans. If you hear me making plans, just tell me to stop. Cause I don't know. I can't, I cannot plan this out. I can just do the next thing. I have plans, but they never come to fruition. It's always the thing I didn't expect. <laughs> you know what I mean? The thing I didn't expect that really comes to fruition. My idea just falls apart every time. All right, Joe, this has been a lot of fun. I'm not done with you yet though. Okay. So first of all, yeah. uh, if people want to learn about you, if they want to buy your book or just maybe, I don't know if, Sometimes people have suspense writers to like their book clubs or whatever, or they want you to talk, teach at their conference. Where, where's the best place to find out about you?
1: Sure. The easiest place is my website, which is josephreadbooks.com. I'm also on all the social media platforms as Joseph Reed Books, but, but the website's the, the easiest place to find me, and there's email on there and ways to contact me.
0: Excellent. Okay. So my last question for you. Is this, If finish this sentence, if writing Taught you anything? It's taught you what?
1: Persistence. Yeah. I mean, it, it is it is the ultimate act of not giving up, um, and, and that that's in in every way, right? I mean, is it most people? I think push the persistence on getting published or right. you know, having some sort of commercial success with their writing but even just the act of writing itself, right? I mean, you sit down and you start with a sentence and the sentence isn't the way you want it. And, right. and it's really just a process of you, you know, hitting it with your face until you're happy with it. Um, that, 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 that's, you know, that's the magic of it.
0: That's good advice. Persistence it's necessary. Well, Joe, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Good luck with departure.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on.
0: My pleasure. Take it easy. All right, people. Persistence, it's true. Got to be persistent on all things. All things. Well, listen, I want to thank my producer, R.J. Jeffries. Thank you, as always. And thank you all for listening. I will be back again next week. I'm not sure who with. It's uh, I've got a couple options. so I'm not going to say who. So until then, well... You know, find something you love to do and do it just because you love to do it. That's good enough reason, right?